Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to Never Heard of It, a Night Shift Radio original. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you're so inclined. For more information, visit nightshiftradio.com. So, Caleb. Yes? I, I think I'm going to say something very controversial. What? Oh, wait, I know. sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll save my reaction. <laughs> I think... The Lord of the Rings original trilogy movies are overrated. What <laughs> was that? Was that a proportionate was response? Good. Okay, I, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so hear me Dude, out. Go on. Go say more words. I so I recently rewatched them. Right. I, there's always this. You know. There's this ongoing meme joke of people being like. Well, you know, oh, my idea of a date night is not this, this, and this. Like, let's stay at home and talk about the Lord of the Rings, you know, trilogy, or let's watch the extended version, or whatever. You, you know, the meme you've sure existed on the internet in some fashion. I don't think the movies are actually very good. Okay, I just think they were the first to do it better than anyone else had ever done it. I also maintain this belief about Star Wars and the Matrix. I agree with you definitively on on the latter, Star Wars and the Matrix. Yeah. Um, I'm not entirely sure I'm with you with the the Lord of the Rings to the extent where, like, I agree that they they were definitely precedent-setting and there wasn't anything better before. Uh, But I, I, I don't know that I don't think they're not good. I, you know... In in rewatching them though, there was a lot, and I know obviously these you know these books were written sixty years before the these movies were specifically mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, uh, made, or, or and then some, probably something more like seventy years. Um, but there's a lot of like moments. There's a lot of lines that I was like, really. There's a few scenes that are kind of silly. Uh, there is a lot of like the, vo- all the voices for the orcs. Some of them, I was kind of like man flesh. Yeah. She, yeah, we're going to eat some rabbits. And I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, come on, man. Like some of it, I was like, this is what we did. And then, then there's the other more, I guess, uh, modern cultural thing that I noticed. There is not a single person of color in the movie, not even as a side character, aside from the, the savage ride the elephant people. 
But that's kind of a, exactly the the real problem with this uh, this type of portrayal of fantasy is that it. Uh, I, I I I will say that there are absolutely times where this is intentional. I don't think that it was intentional here, but it's so deeply ingrained into people's subconsciousness that it uh, it's going to happen uh, repeatedly in fantasy, where you have the the heroes, the people who are on the side of right and light and goodness and whatnot tend to be representative of more Eurocentric cultures and the people who are like uh, on the side of evil or from the, the, the mystic dark lands or whatnot tend to be the mystic dark people. And I wonder why that is. So yes, I agree. That is a hundred percent a problem uh, in, in fantasy portrayal in general uh, that is only, I think recently being uh, more addressed and, and corrected, course corrected uh, in, uh, in the genre. <clears throat> I when I rewatch these films, I hate that part. I really do. Uh, and in, as, I, I think honestly, I think if they had gone through the whole film and just like, oh shit, we somehow managed to cast thousands of people and none of them were people of color, but we did the, this epic battle scene and it was fun, right? You almost let them off for that, almost. But when they go out of their way to say the savage armies from the east, and it's very clearly people of like Middle Eastern and South Asian and uh, like Northern African and like Eastern Asian descent, like all lumped together into these savage peoples, and quote unquote savage people. Like, yeah, that was that was bullshit. Yeah, well, so that's the thing, like. <sighs> You know, uh, I know there's a lot more better, uh, more and better uh, podcasts and discussions and articles and videos talking about, you know, Tolkien and and his descriptions of race and things like that because sure. of the time. You know, uh, one of the big ones that I just learned is that nowhere in the original, uh, in any of Tolkien's work, did he ever describe the elves as having pointy ears. But that was something that is visualized because otherwise... Visual, like people see elves the- as having pointy ears. Like, how would you tell the difference between Orlando Bloom and Viggo Mortensen without the pointy ears? I mean, um, debatable, but I I understand it. Just that's kind of a product of uh, pop culture shaping. They're very different kinds of pretty, though. And they are <laughs> right, you know. And they they did a very good job of of making him seem angelic, which is how the the elves are described. But yeah. so you know, there's obviously you know we can go into the talks of of you know Tolkien being a product of his time and that sort of thing, and and you know how that was made you know now almost a hundred years ago. But Peter Jackson, however, had a great opportunity to change that. Cause mm-hmm. the thing is, is like, okay, so you cast all your lead actors as, as white guys. Okay, sure. You did that. But like, none of the extras are even a person of color. Like nobody in the city of Gondor is not white. Nobody, nobody in the city of Rohan is not white. Like, you know, none of the elves are not white. Everybody was white. And the only people of color, one, uh, uh, Sala Baker, who is the voice of Sauron, is Samoan. Um, you have the entire cast of the uh, of the the Halmadir or whatever it was, the the elephant riding people. They were uh, all of I think that was seemingly. 
Oh, yeah, the Haraja. Yeah, I knew being with an H. I didn't know exactly what it was. Um, but they're all seemingly of, of Indian descent or meant to look of Indian descent. And, you know, I know there's a whole big uproar about this because we saw um, uh, a black dwarf in the Rings of Power uh, press footage and that there was that. But, like, it's it was more weird to me that everyone was white than it would be if there was a black dwarf flying around. Like yeah. the fact that there's a black dwarf, I would just been like, eh, because if I walked down my street or any street, pretty much in any country, I would see people of not just one specific race. Like even in China, if you walk around, you were going to find a lot of people that are not just, you know, that they're not just Chinese. There's, you know, lots of people that live in China that are not that. There's a lot of Australians that live in China. There's an entire Australian film industry in China and vice versa, uh, China in Australia and New Zealand that and stuff like that. Did not know that. Yeah, Hong Kong is, uh, Hong Kong and Australia uh, did, they did all their stunts and stuff. So like everything for the, uh, um, like the Power Rangers as an example, Ooh. the original, like the Sentai, Super, you know, uh, oh. those sort of heroes and the other Power Rangers was all shot in Australia. All of the scenes of them in the suit is Chinese Hong Kong uh, um, stunt people, you know, or, or Japanese stunt people, but it's all Japanese stunt people shot in Australia. Yeah. So like, that's not, it wasn't Tommy in the suit. It was insert, you know, you know, action Hong Kong stunt guy in yeah. suit. And then they just put him in the suit whenever he needed to take his helmet off. That explains why it looks like kind of outback desert in most fights. Yeah, because that's <laughs> that's what it was. That's where it was shot. You know, and this is a very common thing. Uh, Jackie Chan shot a lot of his movies in Australia because he was in Hong Kong and you would go and shoot in Australia because it was super cheap. It was less crowded. You know, there was a lot of action people there and he could make Australia look like America or England or anywhere else that was a non-Chinese country. But anyway, so like that was something weird to me. I noticed that this time around, you know, and mm -hmm. I was like, this, this is really kind of weird. Like you're telling me there are no black people, Chinese people, like there's no Asian people in, in all of middle earth, which by the way is supposed to be our earth, by the way. Like it's, that's, that's a thing that I guess was confirmed that it is supposed to be our world, just huh. different, I guess before everything, like same thing with the wheel of time where the wheel of time is after I guess this Middle Earth oh, okay. is supposed to be before because there was a Pangea. It breaks apart. Like there's a point where they actually describe Australia. Huh. Um, so like, I, I don't know. I saw that on on um, the, the cool I guess TikTok. That makes sense because when you take the, the whole of Tolkien's works, which I am not going to try to speak to as an expert because I have not read a single one of these books other than The Hobbit. Sure, um, right. But I've, I've, I've done enough rabbit holing in like wiki and YouTube videos uh, and whatnot just to get a sense of like, some of this mythology, uh, mostly to decide, do I actually like want to invest that much time and energy in my adult life that I should have done as a kid into reading these books? Uh, uh, that like it covers like eons of time, uh, yeah, like just hundreds of thousands, of, if not millions of years, uh, with these like you know, various like almost like deities and like pseudo-angelic and demonic type beings. You think of like Sauron and uh, Gandalf being, you know, members of these kind of like somewhat angelic type creatures locked in, in struggle uh, and whatnot in the various ages that they were, they refer to. Uh, yeah. So I guess it's, it's not terribly surprising. I did not know that that was, uh, that that was actually supposed to be earth just in a different time period. 
I, I so I actually learned uh, this or a fact. I mean, I guess maybe like a fact similar to it uh, from uh, from TikTok. I I stumbled across this guy um, who his uh, his TikTok name is Annex Wilson A N E X Wilson. Okay. Um, and he does just Lord of the Rings Tolkien facts, right? And one of the things I learned, like Gandalf, as an example, is is essentially a demigod by the name of Ethandriel, um, who he is referred to that in the movie. Mm-hmm. But he's actually like hundreds of thousands of years old. Yeah. And also Aragorn is supposed to be like eight foot tall, by the way. Like, hmm. yeah, like he and also Aragorn is another one like he is. He was one of the the holders of a ring of power. Uh, he's, you know, he's going to live longer than a normal man, but even then, like, normal men lived to be, like, in their hundreds, and he was going to live for, like, 200 years or something. Wild. So, like, yeah, there's so many things I learned about this that I didn't know. Like, he talked about how that Australia exists, and he showed, like, a map of how Middle Earth got split and how it happened and why it's called Middle Earth mm-hmm. and what, because there's, like, a land here and then there's one here and here and then Australia's down here and this is Middle Earth. Middle Earth is referring to a content, not uh, a continent, not a planet. Yeah. Uh, so there was also another, it was crazy fact. And this is what made me um, want to rewatch the trilogy. I was never really a fan. I remember seeing them in the theaters and being like, yeah, I guess they were cool. Um, you know, like it was cool to see fantasy things. And I read them, you know, I read the books, you know, in high school and stuff like that. Um, but I never got the hype that people did. And he made me want to go back and watch. And I went back and watched and I was like, yeah, I'd rather just watch this guy talk about it than watch these movies again. There there Uh, is a lot of great content out there for people who just are like interested in the, the just enormous mythology of this world. Oh, Uh, it's wild. That's where I learned about the elf thing too. Yeah. Whether you've seen the movies or not. Yeah. Like I've, I've watched it like, comically long explanations of <laughs> who like Mithrandil and Sauron actually were and like yeah uh, like what like what they the second and third ages were and like, all this it's it's fucking wild uh it's so i'm going i'm going to say like i agree with you on the reasons that you you don't like uh these uh, especially in the subsequent walkthrough uh but i don't think that makes them not good I think I think it makes them f- ex- extremely flawed and problematic, uh, but I don't think it makes them not good movies. I, I think it falls in it, it kind of falls in line with my Star Wars Matrix thing. Now, again, I've mentioned this before, and I'll I'll say this again about the Lord of the Rings thing. I will day one watch Ring of Power, uh, the Rings of Power. I will watch that whole series because I fucking love fantasy. I watched the Matrix movie day one. Uh, I will go see every Star Wars movie day one. I will watch every Star Wars show day one. But I recognize that they're not as... The credit that they're given is because of the introduction they did to a genre and the revolutionizing they did to a genre is not because they are good from a critical stance. It's just because they were the best to do it at the time. Um that's my that's my thing is like they were they were trailblazers but they're not they're not the definitive i i mean like i think there are better i feel strange wanting to defend these movies as much as i want to right now because like i like to me they are entertainment and nothing else but what's chafing me is that you're putting these films in the same category as anything george lucas has touched (laughs) my man is fucking trash at filmmaking he's never made anything good in his life 
I'm sorry. And I, I know a lot of people out there will hate me for that. And I, I mean, I, I don't care. They're not good films, not like anything that he's been associated with that I'm aware of. I mean, uh, I mean, Indiana Jones. Okay. Uh, Apologies. I will take that back because I forgot that he was involved in that. His Star Wars properties are trash. They're just bad. They're, they're back. They're not good movies. Right. Well, I agree. I, with you. I mean, also, I need to point out that uh, George Lucas is is merely a producer for the. You know, Steven Spielberg is is actually the director of uh, of those movies. But I did make um, the, the 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 foot and mouth moment of saying anything he was associated with, and that was patently false. Right. 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 <laughs> but that's the only that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. I. You know. We're just making th- people mad today. <laughs> We're just pissing off the whole fandom. Well, might as well. And, and you know, and that's my opinion about Star Wars. Like, is the same ideas. Like, there were hundred. There were t- like Star Wars was not the first sci-fi film of that time. Star Wars was a direct ripoff of tons of other sci-fi films at the time. Star Crashers is another really great example, which came Star out the Wars year before Star Wars. Barely like, sci-fi, right? You know what I mean? But like, Star Wars just did it better than anyone else at the time but in sure. retrospect you look back and the first star wars movie like there are a lot of cringy lines like luke as a character is fucking terrible in the yeah. first star wars movie like i don't know of anybody like if you watch that movie like maybe the 70s were a different time right this is 1977 the 70s were an extremely different time <laughs> but like i even remember uh i only liked luke because the very first Star Wars movie I ever saw was Return of the Jedi. Luke is mm-hmm. fucking badass in that movie, right? Yes. That's why that's my favorite of the of the trilogy. It's like finally that character actually makes a little bit of fucking sense. But if you left Star Wars episode four, the first Star Wars to ever released, and be like, man, I really want to be like Luke Skywalker, but like you want to be a whiny little bitch? I don't understand. Why don't you want to be like Han Solo? He is cool as fuck. He has a human dog. Like I he he's a cool space pirate. Like he or, is a cool, smooth ass dude. And Luke's like, Yeah, my martial arts teacher died the day after I fucking ever met him, and I'm sad about it for some reason. And I'm still crying because I couldn't go to Radio Shack with my friends. Like, or what about <laughs> when Leia goes all Frank Reynolds and was like, "So anyway, I started blasting. <laughs> I just started blasting." Yeah, like Leia is, is argument like outside even better than Han, who oh, Han yeah. kind of bumbles through things. Leia's fucking badass. That whole hands down fucking the movie. hero of the film in my opinion, and does it without wearing a bra. And like that's badass. That's even more badass. Like, and Luke Skywalker's like. What do you mean I'm short? And she's like, out of the way, kid. Pew, 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 pew. Just like levels, you know, 20 stormtroopers, you know? And Han's like, are we going to get stoned and laid or what's going on here? And she's like, shut the fuck up. Pew, 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 pew. You know, like she's, <laughs> she is standing up nose to nose to like the, the most brutal enforcer of this like tyrannical empire, uh, like ever, uh, who can literally kill her with his mind. Yeah, uh, she watches her planet get destroyed uh, after enduring torture and being thrown in prison. And her rescue attempt is these bumbling assholes that don't know what the fuck they're doing. Anything. Right. She picks up a blaster and leads them all to safety. Hands down, Leia is the hero of A New Hope. Yeah, I will hear no arguments. I I back this argument. You have my vote. In I fact, subscribed to your newsletter. In fact, you know what? <laughs> I am going to take a moment and be mildly hypocritical on my stance of Hollywood reboots. Remake the original trilogy. Give us the heroes we deserve. God yes. damn it. 
Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I think Leia was completely underutilized in the last three films. Uh, I, I guess last two, cause she, she, uh, you know, Carrie Fisher died before, before the third one. Uh, but I think she was generally, I think like instead of the book of Boba Fett, we could have got like Luke and Leia post revenge of the Jedi, like just being badass twin Jedis, like going around and just fucking up the world. Like we could, we could get that. We still could get that story and we should. But that was like, okay, so the whole, like, prior to Disney coming in and resetting the canon, um, there was the whole expanded universe, and a large branch of that was Leia learning the, the Force, and then, like, her and Han having the twins, and the twins being, like, growing up and learning the, the Force and becoming Jedi, and Luke leading the whole academy, which we learned was a thing, but instead we got shirtless Adam Driver killing everyone. It, well, and here's the thing, though. Just the like, entire time, just shirtless. I'm, I'm the re- rewriting the is, the movie. <laughs> I don't know. I never watched I just, a Star Wars. I, I just, just assume he never wears a shirt. I just remember him shirtless in the entire movie. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it might have been better if he was. Uh, here's might? the thing. I fucking love Adam Driver. Yes. And I think this was like this was like the role that, that made people be like, Hayden Christensen. I love Hayden Christensen. I, I think he's I think he's a really cool guy. I think he's he's been in some cool movies um, before. You know, I've mentioned two before: Jumper, Glass, both really good movies. Very, very uh, you know, diametrically opposed plot lines and mm-hmm. feelings and actor styles. And I think Hayden Christensen being in the prequels was one of those like, oh fuck, did he ruin his career? Because he was in he was in shit movies by bad directors and bad writers. Yeah, I think Adam Driver. Although you know, I'm going to argue. Uh, I don't. You know, Ryan Johnson is not a bad director by any means. No, I think he tried to do something really good, and because it's bookended by crap, mm-hmm. it kind of it, it made it seem worse than it was, um, and it's very unfortunate. And I think Adam Driver as any other character or even a Kylo, uh, you know, even a Ben Solo, just Ben Solo would have been amazing in a Star Wars universe because Adam Driver is an amazing actor. He is a very, very good actor and he's very passionate and he's got a really good presence to him. I just think he was underutilized. They They looped him entirely. Yeah. They they gave him some lukewarm writing. I mean, that's the other thing, like, how do you make this like six foot four ex marine be a whiny brat the whole time? And it's like he's intimidating as fuck looking. Like mm-hmm. he, the very first thing you see of him, he stops a laser bullet in midair with the force, and then he spends the rest of the movie on the verge of tears. And you're like, dude, come like the whole, on, man. <laughs> the whole Knights of Ren thing was badass. Like, and give us that like about it. mercenary Sith Death Squad. Give us that. Oh, supposedly that's what the Obi-Wan series is about, is about the Inquisitors and the whole Jedi Death Squad, and that's what Obi-Wan's going to go fight. I- I'm excited for the Obi-Wan series, mainly because I love Ewan McGregor. I think uh, it's it's time that he he got a uh, a, a little bit of, uh, uh, of um, career compensation for his his participation in the in the, yeah. the prequels. Honestly, he was one of the best parts of those movies. Absolutely. And has, well, I of think course, of, of two and three, he's the yeah. best parts of two and three. One, not so much because yeah. it's more Liam Neeson. Uh, mm-hmm. He he kind of doesn't really get a lot to him yeah. in that. He's more of this like, 
I don't know, Master. Should we be doing this for <laughs> all of episode one? That's literally all he does. But then in episode two and three, he becomes kind of cool Obi-Wan Kenobi. But think about how intimidating it would have had to have been had to have been. I don't I don't remember how well uh um Ewan was at the time that, that he was cast for this, but uh to me I didn't know him, but I mean I was in fucking high school, so what the hell did I know? But to have the opportunity to step into and play a younger Sir Alec Guinness. Right. Like, would have to be scary as shit. And then to fucking nail it with the garbage writing that he was handed and still be like, I believe that this guy is, like, I traveled back in time and saw young Alec Guinness for this role. Yeah, totally. He does a, like, I argue that he is one of, if not the best part of the entire trilogy. And oh, he so totally to, is. To give him a chance to explore that character more, uh, especially after the the career that he's managed to have since. Um, I'm only going to highlight one because Big Fish is one of the best movies of the 20th century. Uh, train spotting. <laughs> Fucking train spotting. He's amazing in train spotting. Ewan yes. McGregor is amazing in train spotting. And that's what I knew him as for when he was in that. I was like, this is the fucking Scottish, like thin as a rail, you know, heroin addict from train spotting. What the fuck? And then you see him and you're like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. He's he's great. So yeah. I, I'm like I might watch that show. I, I haven't watched uh, The Mandalorian or the Book of Boba Fett because I just don't fucking care. Yeah. I liked the character of Obi-Wan enough and felt like that character was given too little space in either of the the trilogies that he was a part of uh, to really be interesting in the way that he could be. Uh, yeah. I think I think Alex Guinness got the fucking short end uh, of that deal uh, with being you know killed off partway through the first movie yeah. and gets to be like a wise ghost a couple times in the rest of the trilogy. That's fucking sad. What a waste. Yeah. Uh, when you have someone like Alec Guinness uh, on your on your uh, and you're set to to use him so poorly. Uh so yeah, I mean I I'm I'm kind of interested in the Obi-Wan show. Uh yeah, I mean I'm going to watch it. I there is that, you know. And I'll watch the Ahsoka show just because, you know, uh I, I love Rosario Dawson. But that I mean that that brings up another really good point of, you know, when I mentioned about Hayden Christensen is like take any actor in those movies, any single actor, and I mean any of them and you look at their career, this is how you know you had a bad writer and a bad director is because if I were to be like, name a Natalie Portman movie that is not Star Wars, you're going to be like, uh, okay, Black Swan, great fucking movie, Closer, great fucking movie, The Professional, great movie. You know, like she has been, I mean, she is an Oscar award winning actress. She has mm -hmm. been in amazing movies. Same thing with Ewan McGregor. We just named two. Same thing with Liam Neeson. Same thing with Haley Joel Osment, the, the kid, right? Yeah. Was that, yeah. Like he's been in great things. And if you ever seen him in a few things oh, wait, now, no. he, he wasn't the, he wasn't. Anakin no, not Haley Joel Osment. Um, I forgot who he is. Uh, who the, nobody knows. It's impossible to anyways, find out. But we'll he know. he has been in some other good movies. Uh, you know, I literally just name anybody in those movies. They have been in better in better movies. And you you could say like arguably their career is good and these were the worst movies they've ever done, but they're fucking Star Wars, man. Like, Jake Lloyd did not go on to have an illustrious career. Oh, uh, Jake Lloyd. That's what yeah. it was. No, he he was in a couple other movies like uh Sex Ed Sex Ed, not the TV show, a movie. 
movie about it, which I think was kind of silly. Nope. No? All right. Well, we'll excuse no, Jake this, Lloyd. He was just this, a kid, though. He, he will excuse that. He did Jingle All the Way and Apollo 11 uh, before Star Wars, and then, like, basically nothing after Star Wars and, like, the, the video games associated with the pod racing. All right. But that's excusable. He's a little kid. Yeah. So, but, like, anybody else, fuck, Kira Knightley is in that movie if only as a stand-in for Natalie Portman, oh, even right. every other movie she's been has been better than all those Star Wars movies. Like, yeah. it, it's, you know, Adam Driver, Oscar Isaac, uh, John Boyega, like, yeah. you know, Daisy Ridley. Every other movie they've been in is fantastic. Y- you got shit writing. You you know, like, y- you got people, like, J.J. Abrams did not do a good job with Star Wars, Ryan Johnson tried to clean up the mess and couldn't, you know, like he couldn't, uh, you know, it's set. There was so many weird things in motion that he had to follow, you know, that it was clear rules that he had to follow. That was kind of like, well, I guess I'm kind of in a box here. I got to do these things, but I'm going to try to do it a different way. And then JJ Abrams came back and was like, fuck it. We're going back to plan a and death star again. And it's like, I, come on, man. So here's an interesting thought exercise that, Maybe we don't actually have time for it, but I'm going to introduce anyway. I think, and I know that this is a, also a controversial opinion, but you know, we're, we're doing the controversial opinions today, so I'm fine we with are. it. I think Abrams did a fine job with the Star Trek universe. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed the, the trilogy that we've gotten so far, and I'm excited about the idea that we are getting more. A uh, fourth? Right, because there's a, four? A fourth one in the, the, the Kelvinverse timeline. I would like to have seen them explore, like, a Next Generation crew, but apparently they surprised the the uh, previous crew with saying that they're coming back, uh, yeah. which I think is an interesting way to find out that you got another job. Yeah, <laughs> surprise, right. <by> <laughs> surprise, you're cast again in this character. Like, I thought we were done with that. You, like, check um, your bank account and be like, the fuck I am. Yeah. <laughs> so, Prove it. <laughs> I think he did a fine job with with that trilogy. I think he did. Honestly, I think he did about the best he could do with the Star Trek, uh, Star Wars uh, movies. Because I think the property is not as good. I think that I think that I mean, that definitively settles the argument of which is better. And that that is not to say that you can't like one or the other more. I think you like what you like. We will always say that. But I think if J.J. Abrams tanked Star Wars. And did pretty all right with Star Trek. I think that tells us which is the better IP. I mean, that, that's another really good point. You know, I mentioned about the actors, but the directors is another thing, too. J.J. Abrams has done really good movies. Ryan Johnson, I've loved every Ryan Johnson film that has ever been released, ever. And, like, that's another great example. Like, they're really good directors, and even they couldn't do it, right? Yeah. So, like, at one point... <laughs> At, you know, as you said, Caleb, you bring up a very good point. At one point, you have to go back and be like, okay, if <laughs> if you hit a bullseye every single time you shoot, but this is the time you don't, maybe we go back. You know, like, <laughs> listen, maybe it's time to reboot Star Wars. Maybe. Maybe, maybe we, maybe we haven't to- done it. We've extended it periodically maybe it's time for a full reboot now i know i just said earlier that we deserve a full reboot but i don't want one yeah i mean (laughs) we're so entrenched in things right now like they would have to i would want them to shut everything off for like 10 years no new star wars content at all you know keep keep the books going and the comics or whatever shut all tv and film down for 10 years and then reboot 
uh, completely reboot it. All film, also, film and TV entirely. Like entirely. Nothing. Every, yeah. We everything. get nothing until we get nothing shows. for 10 years until they start back over and they, <laughs> they rewrite the plot a little bit. They make it, they make it not be the death star for nine fucking films oh my God. and they redo, they, they redo the whole Skywalker trilogy again, but do it right from the start. Um, I also feel this way about Harry Potter, but I want them to completely like, if it means every Harry Potter past and present fan donates $10, we basically give uh, um, JK Rowling like a bunch of money and be like, hey, maybe jump in the sea and uh, we're going to take Harry Potter and claim it to ourselves and... We're going to make Taking a new wizarding back. school with a bunch of trans kids and uh, non-racist Asian characters, yeah. Cho Chang. Oh uh, um, and we're going to make a cool wizarding world and you're not involved. And also we're going to fix all the plot holes of that as well. Uh, that's what I want. That's a perfect world. Reboot it and completely erase the fact that J.K. Rowling ever existed. All right. As long as we're doing perfect world moonshots, I want a real foundation series. God damn it. God damn it. So there it is, guys. Hey, we got a brand new episode coming up this uh, this Sunday. Uh, we are covering the movie Punch and Judy. Judy and Punch. Judy, Judy and, and Punch. Punch, which is available streaming on Hulu uh, in, in America, at least uh, in America. But Judy and Punch. Um, so, you know, if you're the type of person that watches the movie before we review it, there it is. If not, hey, we got a brand new episode on Sunday talking about it. And then you can uh, hear our thoughts on it and the, our thoughts. Our thoughts. Yeah, our thoughts. You can hear our thoughts on it and decide whether you would like to watch that movie. Um, but, you know, don't take our word for it. But we'll tell you we'll tell you what it's about and then you make your own decision because that's how you should treat movie critics like us. Uh, so, again, thanks a lot for joining us, everyone. We super appreciate it. We start filming Somnium in exactly one week from today. So fucking soon. Um, but lucky for you guys, there will not be a break in episodes. Uh, so you can still expect a brand new episode every Sunday with a brand new, uh, bonus episode like this one every Thursday. So, so look out for that. It's going to be pretty exciting. Um, you know, so if you have not hit subscribe, make sure to do so. Uh, and of course, uh, share with 100,000 of your closest friends. It is the least you can do. It's like, you know, step one. All right. Thanks a lot for joining us and we will see you on Sunday. Bye. father's tragic past, hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. A cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller series, a Night Shift Radio original. Every month we bring a new short story to life in a full cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition, and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller series wherever you listen to podcasts and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information. Mm-hmm.